This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. And before we do, we have Daniel is very busily pointing at the quiz. It's important. People want to know. Because Daniel has the answer to the quiz, unlike the rest of us. No, one other person has called through for bragging rights and got it correct. That, that's also what I want people to know is that I've got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we kind of got that impression. All right. Daniel, what have you got for us there? Next clue for our quiz. It was a bit of a joint conversation, though. We were throwing Yeah, yeah, we forwards. did sort of work on this. But this one, this one. Give you partial credit. I have to say, oh, ooh, text message. Hmm, interesting. Um, I have to say that. Whoever got this one before us, in my opinion, they have my highest respect. Our hats are way off to you. Yes. Okay. Because we did have a bit of a discussion here. In we fact, did. we had a discussion that we shouldn't have had because we're not supposed to have a discussion about the quiz. But it's Daniel's first day here, so we kind of bent the rules. I'm not adverse to that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't break them, that's particularly, all. Particularly, particularly when you get the right answer, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> all right. Uh, Daniel, what have, what have we uh, got for our next clue? Clue number four is I can sweep. All right, so run through them all again. We have God sent me to Moab. God sent me for people to follow around. I grow as if I were alive. And I can sweep, and it's a thing. Okay, so the first one that you gave was arc. The second one, the second, the first one that I gave was cloud. Now, when I gave the one cloud, I was close. You were very close. I was close. So there's an extra clue. I was close with cloud. Then we people following the. Cloud. <laughs> all right, all right. If you know the answer, if you know the answer, numbers to call are. One eight hundred three two four eight four three, or you can text through and call on the mobile zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. All right. Text message right here on Judgment Day, as you know, those who have rejected the grace of God will suffer in the lake of fire according to their sins and uh, suffering they have caused to others. A special curse is given to those who make children suffer. You know, I just want to stop there, and I would say that that. Is particularly folk that, that is particularly relevant for people who make children suffer through legislation, people who were placed in power and given the opportunity to protect children, mm, celebrate life instead of yeah. destroying life. Uh, they haven't repented or turned back from their sins, and they will feel the pain they have caused others to feel. It's a pretty heavy text, but it's true. To those who are doing such things, repent or suffer the consequences. God is able and willing to save you. And, and I love that message at the end right there because it's a message of hope. Amen. You know, it, and, and this is something that's important to me. As a Christian, I'm here to provide as much support to somebody walking into an abortion clinic as I am to prepare, prepared to support, to, to prepare tripping over my, my words here, as I am prepared to give to somebody who is walking out 
of an abortion clinic. Mm, As Christians, that's where we are. Some people think that you know Christians just stand outside of abortion clinics and the only, the only thing they're ever interested in is stopping people from going in. No, we're here to support you on the way in and we're here to give you all kinds of different alternatives that are much, much better alternatives. But if you choose to do, you know, to have an abortion, we are here to give you 100% support after that event as well. Yeah. Mark, and so is God. We're not in somebody else's shoes. We no. don't know their history. We, we can link back to the Ned Kelly story from before. We don't know really how he grew up and what he grew up with and why he turned out the way that he did. So we, and we can make- sit here. We can we can sit here and say, "There, but for the grace of God, go I." You know, when we when we look at, uh, yeah, we and we can be thankful for that. Amen. But no, we don't know. We don't understand people's circumstances. We don't know what they've gone through. We're just here to offer support. Yeah. And the last thing somebody in a situation like that wants is more negativity in their life. And for us to be supportive and help them and provide whatever we can to make their future choices and their future journey easier, stronger, more positive, we'll 100% do what we can to make that happen. Absolutely. And so saying that something is wrong is not saying that we do not love you and do not support you. Amen. There's a difference between those two things. People often, well, the the pro-choice lobby like to paint anybody who says that something is wrong as uh, just being judgmental and hateful to everybody else and that is simply not the way it is. Anyway. Bible study time. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Isaiah chapter 41 and well, we're supposed to start in verse 8. Let's, let's start in verse 1. Let's give ourselves a bit of context. Uh, would you like to read for us there, please? Daniel, Certainly. Isaiah chapter 41. I'll go from the start reading New Living Translation. It says, Listen in silence before me, you lands beyond the sea. Bring your strongest arguments. Come now and speak. The court is ready for your case. Keep going. Keep going through verse 8. Who has stirred up this king from the east, rightly calling him to God's service? Who gives this man victory over many nations and permits him to trample their kings underfoot? With his sword, he reduces armies to dust. With his bow, he scatters them like chaff before the wind. He chases them away and goes on safely, though he is walking over unfamiliar ground. Who has done such mighty deeds, summoning each new generation from beginning of time? It is I, the Lord, the first and the last. I alone am he. The lands beyond the sea watch in fear. Remote lands tremble and mobilise for war. The idol makers encourage one another, saying to each other, be strong. The carver encourages the goldsmith and the moulder helps at the anvil. Good, they say, it is coming along fine. Carefully they join the parts together, then fasten the thing in place so it won't fall over. But as for you, Israel my servant, Jacob my chosen one, descended from Abraham my friend... Okay, so we've got a, uh, a whole passage here that brings us down to verse 8 where it talks about the servant. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time this morning talking about the servant and talking about who the servant is. But I just want to work out work down through this passage, you know. I think there's a, there's a whole bunch of great lessons that we can learn here. You know, keep silence before me, O Israel. A lot uh, of strong emotive language, isn't there? Sorry? A lot of strong emotive language going yes. on in the, in the passage. That's right. It really brings out a lot of vivid images. And if you've read... Further ahead in the Bible, you can see a lot of parallels with what is coming. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I actually read that wrong. Keep silence before me, O islands. I said I read Israel because... (laughs) Anyway, whatever. Uh, Let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. You know, who raised up the righteous man from the east? 
Blessed up and, 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 and called him to his foot, gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings. He gave them as dust to his sword and as driven stubble to his bow. Who is that? In this passage here. In verse 2. It's an interesting question, isn't it? it? Is. Because you go a number of different directions there, on this. There is a lot because we do have this circumstance of God raising up these purely physical human beings to undertake his yes. plan. Yes. But we also have the prophesied coming Messiah who really fits this description well. Okay, so so let's look at the uh, what this person from the east does. Uh, he's pretty powerful, mm. carries a big sword. Um, he pursued them, passed through safely. Um, he has wrought and done, you know, calling gen- gen- the generations from the beginning. Then it goes on, it says, I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. Amen. Now, there's a, there's, there's a, there's, you were talking earlier about how that when you read on in the Bible, you suddenly find a whole bunch of context that helps you to explain what you're reading right here. And so there's a number of phrases that jump out. I am. Whereabouts do you find I am? Way back in Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, yep, you'll find uh, where God introduces himself as I am. What about if you were to go forward in the Bible? Does If you go forward in the Bible, do you find I am again? Yes, you do. And who claims to be the great I am in the New Testament? Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. The Bible says, you know, Jesus Jesus stands in front of the Pharisees and says, you know, before Abraham was, I am. And the moment he said that, they knew exactly what he had claimed. Yep. It's an interesting thing to do, actually, because this is um, a motif that John uses in particular. You'll find it in many places in the Bible, but John just loves to focus on it because it really, you know, I think for John it, it just summarises who Jesus is and he's just like, and all the way through the Gospel of John you're going to find I am, I am, I am, I am. Go to the book of Revelation, you've got it again, you know, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. You've got this name of God, the self-existent one, that is just being repeated over and over and over again while the divinity of Christ is focused on Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, somebody just texted through to uh, say that Daniel Andrews better repent. Amen. And uh, yes, you know the simple reality is I want to spend eternity with this guy. Mm. I would love to have him as my next door neighbour. Yep. I think that um, while he has set himself to go to war against. All forms of Christianity, all forms of religion. I don't think he truly understands what he's fighting against. There is a history of failure in that industry. I don't know why he thinks he's going to be successful. <laughs> but he's, he is truly besmirching my good name of Daniel, <laughs> which, which ironically is God is my judge or judgment of God. Yes. So he better better make some. Uh, he's not the first. Decisions. He's not the first person with the name of Daniel who's the ruler of a state. This is true. But uh, the last one was prime minister, and uh, I think he did a better job. He was also known as Belteshazzar. Hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, very valid text message. And you know, while we send some strongly worded text messages and we say some strongly worded things about what is taking place in our country. 
because we despair for where our country is headed and how, you know, as a country we are heading away from God. But at the same time, we need to remember that as Christians, you know, I'd love to ne- live next door to this guy in heaven. I, I, you know, I want to spend eternity with him. And, and having that kind of attitude some days is so very difficult. It is so tough to have to sit there and go, this person is causing so much havoc, or even somebody particular in your life as an individual that's yes. causing you havoc, to lay down your ego and think God loves this person as much as God loves me. Yes. Well, I tell you what. I, it's that's, easy, that's it's easier struggles. for me with this one because the guy is, you know, a, figurehead. a couple of thousand kilometres away, yeah. he's in a different state. Um, I don't have to worry about him except that he said that I can't pray for anybody who lives in his state um, who wants prayer about uh, about uh, gender dysphoria. Um, and by the way, if you live in Victoria and you want prayer because you're struggling with gender dysphoria, just give me a call here on one 843 That's our number. So. Amen. <laughs> Anyone who asks for me for prayer about something, I am happy to pray for you. If you're extradited, I will come down and be your legal counsel. <laughs> I think we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we're both going to jail, Daniel. <laughs> Isn't that something that the apostles aspired to? Well, to a degree. To a degree. To a degree. The Bible like, yes, says, I've been jailed for the my love of Jesus. Amen for that. They were all excited about it. Which, which is true. That does not mean that we seek it out. Seek it out, mm. and we need to hold those things in balance. But the Bible does say that you know, if you love, if you Jesus said, if you love me, the world will hate you. Amen. And I think one of the challenges with Christianity is in the last two hundred years that hasn't been the case in Western Christianity. Mm. And now that we're starting to face some persecution. We are pretty shocked and horrified by it, but it is so mild compared to what somebody, say, living in Pakistan might face. Yeah. You know, we hear, we have uh, Etienne McClintock on once a month to talk to us from Voice of the Martyrs and the stories that he tells are just quite shocking. You know, I was, went to one of their Zoom prayer meetings one night and there's a lady there and she's just, she'd just come back from, a relief mission to a particular part of Indonesia where she was walking down the street stepping over the bodies of those who had been killed for their faith like three days before. And then she as a Christian woman had gone in there to provide support. You say those things and people can get this mental image in their brain and go, man, that's horrible. But you can't really imagine what it's like to go through that, being in the country we're in, with all the liberties that we have and the safety that we have and the complete disparity of cultures. Like, that, it's completely horrific. And this is, this is in a country that's only a matter of several hundred kilometres from Australia. Yep. And this was last month. Yeah. Th- that's reality that other people are dealing with. Yeah. And we sit here and complain about our first world problems. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We do. We complain about Daniel Andrews. Um, and, you know, rightfully so, but from different perspectives. Um, yeah, certainly brings it into some perspective. Okay, so we've got this guy. Okay, so there's, there's three identifying characters, four identifying characteristics of who this individual is here in verse two and three. The Bible says, who raises up, well, okay, let's make a list. Let's make a list, right? Who raises up the righteous man. So this person is righteous, number one. He comes from the east, number two. Um, verse three, da, 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 no, verse four, he has done it. Okay, he's, he's the I am in verse four. He is the first and the last. 
And there's another title here that I missed. Where is it? Where did it go? It calls him the King of Kings. It was right here. I was reading it. Verse 2, who permits him to trample their kings underfoot. Yeah, made him rule over kings. Anyway, King of Kings. It's in there. I know it's in there. uh, With his sword, he reduces armies to dust. Because we have that image of the sharp two-edged sword of truth from Christ's mouth later yes. on in Revelation. Yes. And it's a beautiful, because every time you think of sword, you automatically think of war fighting, some kind of animosity, some kind of aggression. But Christ's is this metaphor of the beautiful truth going to the world and cutting through the evil. Absolutely. Uh, there was something else. Here. Oh, yeah, verse 1, of course, he is judged. Let us come near together to judgment. So this is a judgment scene that we are seeing right here. Yeah. And so when we look at all of that, this is very clearly Jesus Christ. Amen. Could it be somebody else? Could there be a type and anti-type? Could there be a type on earth that Jesus is the anti-type of that could also fit into this particular uh, verses, passage. I would, I would have to look at the Hebrew translation of this to uh, see. This, get a this is what happens when you get a <laughs> when you get a theology student sitting in here in the radio with you. Okay, so here's a couple of thoughts. There was somebody else who had the title King of Kings. I had that title and actually passed it on to you know every king that of that particular dynasty that came after him held that title. He wasn't the King of Kings because Jesus is the King of Kings, but he mm-hmm. had that title of King of Kings. And he came from the east. And he came with a sword. And he came with, mentions arrows. He had an army that was made up with a massive, massive contingent. It was actually the, the strength of their army in many ways was in their archers. Uh, and he had a lot of policies that were very, very righteous policies. What else was the, well, the I am? He was certainly not the I am. He doesn't tick that box. First and the last. Uh, it was not the first and the last. But he ticks a number of these boxes here, and his name is going to come up a little bit further on in this passage. In fact, when you get to get there later on in the week, his name was Cyrus, the Persian, who the Bible calls, this will shock you, the Messiah. It uses those words, the anointed one. Cyrus the Persian is called the shepherd my brain hurts now. Got Daniel's brain hurting here. <laughs> this is a good thing. This is a good thing. I like it when people's brains hurt. Okay, so we're going to we're going to look, we're going to explore that further on. So I just want you to just take that thought and just shelve it for the moment. We're going to come back to it further on in the week. Why would Cyrus the Persian potentially be a type of of Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, you could, you could, if you knew prophecies beforehand, you could create your own destiny to a degree by fulfilling them by oh, doing particular things. Except this one was written 150 years before he was named. But you still have the the circumstance of the the coming Messiah. Uh, the other one would be just a really dodgy, incorrect history. <laughs> How are you going to, how are you going to, okay, the Bible calls him in uh, chapter 44 here, Cyrus the Persian calls him a shepherd. Now, he's born a prince. Why would a prince have anything to do with sheep? 
It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Mm. It's going to be interesting when we unpack this and see mm. the, the history behind it and what actually happened there because, yeah, for those of you who might be wondering, Cyrus the Persian was literally a shepherd who literally raised sheep. Go figure. Yeah. You're not, you're born, not. In a, born in a royal court as a privileged prince and literally raised sheep. Not metaphorical. We're not dealing no. with some kind of symbolism no, here. It's a literal sense of it. Oh, okay, so oh, somebody sent us a really awesome text message. Um, let me just uh, find this one. Let me just dig it up here. Keep okay, the Lord just impressed great. me to pray for Daniel Andrews. How about asking Christians who are willing to pray for him Amen. so he'll be saved? I think that's fantastic. Mm. We need to pray for this guy. Amen. Maybe this is, you know, this is the solution to it. This is the real solution to our problems right here. Yeah. You know, we can get all bent out of shape and say, let's vote this guy out of power. It's Victoria. It's probably not going to happen. They love him down there. Um, so let's pray for him so he's converted. Problem solved. We don't need to vote him out. Amen. Let's uh, see him converted. This is um, Easter Hymns Band from, from Heaven You Came. Heaven you came helpless
Welcome back, guys. That was Easter Hymns Band from Heaven You Came, which really points us to the leader who comes from the King of Kings, the true King of Kings who comes from the East, and that is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, as the lightning comes from the East and shines even to the West, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And we look forward to the coming of Jesus to this earth. And when Jesus comes to this earth, where will he take us, Daniel? Back to live with him in heaven. In the promised land, right? No. It's, and just hearing verses like that talked about, those promises that are provided in the Bible, I don't know about other people, but I can't help bring a smile to my face when you hear those things because it's just all so often through the Bible you'll hear these promises come up and just sit there and go, God is good, he's got this plan. Yes. And we need to invest in him. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, and by the way, when Cyrus came to Babylon, where did he send uh, God's people? Back to the promised land. Interesting. Mm. Type in any type. Symbolism. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go back to where we were. Chapter 41 and verse 8. If uh, you could just read that one for us again, just to uh, please remind us there, Daniel, what we're actually supposed to be talking about today. <laughs> sure. But as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descended from Abraham, my friend. Okay. So the Bible here brings up this concept of the servant. And there's quite a theme that runs through, you know, the book of Isaiah. It runs through the Bible um, of this theme of the servant. Who is the servant here in this passage? Because there are a number of different aspects to the servant. That is true. We've got here God's talking, Israel, my servant. Yes. He's talking about God's chosen people. Okay, so God's chosen people are his servant. So that means that you and I don't need to be a servant, right? Ooh. <laughs> because he's got a chosen people to do that. Why would he need us? He's got a chosen people. You're, you're really limiting the chosen people. Aspect, <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you want to limit it to just DNA, <laughs> then, well, even if you go there in that direction, I'm pretty sure that all of us have some Hebrew DNA somewhere in us at some point. The world is really a melting pot. We can go back further. Go back to Abraham, even before they started with the... Sections and, and, and Jacob and Israel and having the, the point and place of God's people. Yes. We can go back to when God made his first covenant with Abraham. So. We can. Yeah, indeed. Okay, I'll, so, I'll claim that uh, relation. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says if you are God's, then you are Abraham's deceit and heirs according to the promise. Mm, amen. So even if you don't carry any of Abraham's DNA, then simply by being surrendered to Jesus Christ. You are a descendant of Abraham. The Bible says grafted in Mm. so that you can partake of the vine stock. When you graft something, that means you take a bud from a tree, you put that bud into the branch of another tree, and the branch that grows outwards from that bud is the tree that the bud came from. That is not an easy process. I've tried it recently, failed miserably. <laughs> put it out Have there. you had any take yet? No, I've actually been trying to grow things from seeds, but we're not getting much sun. Right. So I've created little greenhouses for the things, and then I've done some uh, cuttings. Yes. And everything was going great. I had about twelve apple trees and seven cherry trees growing. I'm thinking new beauty. I have a, a, my own orchard to go yes, into. Yes. And we had that heat wave at the end of January that. Just wiped everything out, bar two apple trees are still holding on a little bit, and I'm not holding out much hope because they're looking pretty pathetic right now. <laughs> Poor little apple trees. They're wishing they were in Tasmania right now. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so when we come to this issue of the servant, why is why is Israel and by descent and by promise, because the Bible speaks about spiritual Israel, and so therefore us, why does the Bible say that we are servants? We're called to serve. That's the main point of the message. I mean, Christ himself gave us that example when we look in the New Testament, and it was to do with communion, the foot washing, and all of the apostles were thinking, well, no, hang on, we're to serve you. You're our Lord. You're our master. Christ flipped it on its head and said, no, I will serve you. And we have this amazing parallel of the literal king of the universe, the creator of everything, came to earth to be a servant to show us this example of how we should be. And that ties into the two greatest commandments, love God, love your neighbor. We're to serve God, and we're to serve those around us in our communities, in our lives, and even those that we can't necessarily reach physically through things like prayer. Absolutely. Um, Did we forget the quiz? I don't want to say we forgot it, but we may have overlooked (laughs) it. uh, Daniel, let me rephrase that. Did we delay the quiz a little bit? Just a bit. We've got to let them sweat. Like those those clues, there's plenty of information. We've got there. another, we got another uh, bragging rights came through. We do. Yeah. Um, the prize is still available, so the prize uh, is still available. right now. And that is, I will reiterate, Tell the World DVD, which is a dramatised cinematic production of the early development of the Adventist movement. Great second Advent movement. So this actually, this uh, DVD actually predates the Adventist church or anything like that. It's the, uh, what was a, a worldwide... Reformation that, um, yeah, basically sprang up simultaneously across the globe back in the early 1800s. And it was a movement that was particularly focused on the return of Christ. So if you look at, you know, some of the other great movements that preceded it, you had uh, the Great Reformation of the 16th century, which really focused on the issue of justification by faith. You had the later Reformation, you know, with the Wesleys and Whitfield and those guys that really uh, focused on sanctification and holy living. You had this one, which really focused on the return of Christ. Um, and so you might be listening in and saying, hey, I'm not an Adventist, so it doesn't really apply to me. The word Advent means the return of Christ. This is a period movie that focuses on that movement that took place in the uh, early to mid-1800s that focused on the passages of the Bible that talk about the return of Christ. And that's why you have so many churches today that a major part of their faith is the return of Jesus Christ and Mm. uh, the prophecies of the Bible and everything that points towards the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. So, Historically, we can learn a lot from that time period too because I did Adventist uh, history studies at college And part of the point that the lecturer made was that that time they were just praying for each other constantly, every day, most of the day. And we were talking about things before and how we can affect particular things. And the text message came through about Dan Andrews and praying for him. That's the best thing we can do because we can humanly try to do something and mess it up, as we always do. Mm -hmm. We can try and affect a change, but we'll probably not do it right. We can take it to God. And he will provide the answers and he will provide solutions because he his shoulders are big enough to bear all of our pain and all of our struggles. And he has that promise in the Bible for us. We can go to him anytime. Indeed. Indeed. So, quiz. Yes. <laughs> Let's get the fifth one out. All right. Before we skip over it. Before we skip over it. <laughs> okay, the fifth clue today is I can lick up water. There is a passage in the Bible and the clue to this one is if you read it in the King James Version, the Bible says that this thing licked up the water. Now, you would not typically think of this thing 
licking up water. This is this 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 thing. This is like only one instance that I know of where it actually licks up water. So I think one time in history it licked up water. And don't think physical tongue licking water. Think of some kind of personification to a, a to a noun. Personification to a thing. You could you could think of tongue. Potentially, yeah. Might head you in the direction of this. Don't give that's thing. not that's not part of the clues. Don't give them. <laughs> <laughs> what is this thing? What are some of the other things? It was sent to Moab. People followed it around. I grow as if I were alive. I can sweep. Yes. We're kind of familiar with it here in Australia. <laughs> anyway, not, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number if you can figure out what the answer is um, or text us on 0491-064-669. Let's all focus on being servants of God and servants to each other as we go through this day. This is Josh Garrett. So join me on Mondays right after The Breakfast Show, right here on Faith FM. Oh, my soul, oh, my soul, 
What a wondrous love is this, O oh my soul. What a wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing and joyful be. And through eternity, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And through eternity, I'll sing on. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul, this is what wondrous love. That was Blue Highway with Wondrous Love. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We're about to have our question of the day. Before we do, we have another attempt at the quiz. Someone guessed drought. That's incorrect. Uh, somebody did get another bragging, right, bragging rights one. So That's we've had three another three, three for bragging rights. Three correct ones. Uh, Four. Let's, yes. <laughs> Daniel is number four. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Another clue. Another clue. What have we got? Oh, we've got five. We've got five. Okay. So it's coming through thick and fast. The next clue is I am a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So this thing was sent to Moab. People followed it around. It can sweep. It can grow. It is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. What is it? If you know the answer, numbers caller. 1-800-324-843 or you can text through and call on the mobile 0491 Okay, it is now time for Question of the Day Go for it, Daniel. What's our question of the day? 
Okay, so the question is, how can you tell the difference in the Bible between a lesson and an example? People often use stories in the Bible to believe God is evil. How do we prove to them that some stories are there for a lesson or history of how not to be? The example being Judges 19 to 21. Okay, so if any of you ever read Judges 19 to 21, I would be interested if anybody can tell me whether they've ever heard a sermon on these passages. I've never preached, preached a sermon on these passages, but they are in the Bible. If you've heard a sermon, if you've got a preacher, a pastor in your congregation who had the courage to present a sermon on these passages, I'd be interested to hear that sermon. Um, the example given here, Judges 19 to 21, is the story of a man who is travelling for whatever purpose uh, with his concubine, as you do, you travel at times, and he's travelling with his concubine. Now, a concubine is kind of like a common-law marriage. So you've been living with somebody long enough that there's a level of commitment there. De facto relationship. Yeah, it's not exactly the same, but it's the basically the Old Testament equivalent thereof. Um, anyway, he stops at a particular person's house, uh, the men of the city come round, cut a long story short, they take his concubine, she's raped to death. Um, he then wakes up in the morning and finds that she's died on the doorstep of the home and so he goes out and cuts her body into 12 pieces, sends them to the nations, to the tribes of Israel. The tribes of Israel get upset. Uh, they're like, well, the Benjamites have done this. Send out the uh, the men who are the perpetrators. The Benjamites say, no, we won't. So they're like, fine, we will take out the whole tribe. They go to war with the whole tribe. Sometimes the war goes well. Sometimes it doesn't go well. Eventually the Benjamites are pretty much destroyed down to, I think there was like 200 left. And then they decide, well, this would be sad because we'll be 11 tribes. And you can't really have 11 tribes. We're the 12 tribes of Israel. You can't have the 11 tribes of Israel. That's never going to work. And so you've got 200 men left. What are we going to do? How are we going to solve this problem? Um, because none of us can lose face by marrying one of our daughters to one of these horrid Benjamites. How would we ever have respect in public ever again if we did such a thing? And it's like, fine, we'll hold a, we'll hold a, uh, a, um, a celebration, a, uh, a festival, and we'll just kind of not take too close of an eye on our daughters during the festival and we'll tell the Benjamites where to hide so that they can each um, steal themselves, abduct themselves a wife. That way we can provide wives for them, but we haven't given wives to them. They've abducted wives and the tribe can continue. And so the question then is, Okay, how do you know when you know this is an example of how to live, or whether this is you know teaching us righteous lessons, or whether it's just a story that's there for you know us to learn from? In this particular story, and the first thing that you need to look for is the great controversy theme. And in most stories in the Bible, you're going to find the good side and the bad side very clearly defined. The praying side, the godly side, is going to be the good side. You look at even stories like Queen Esther where God is not mentioned, but you still have the praying side and the side that is clearly on the side of righteousness, and you clearly have the evil side. Those are outlined for you, and your example is always going to be the righteous side. Judges 19 through 21 is a story where there is no righteous side. It is a story to outline what happens when human nature is left unchecked without the Holy Spirit, where everyone is guilty and everyone does the wrong thing because God was nowhere involved in it. And so sometimes this is what we need to look for. Context is the way you find the answer. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Andy McLeod with Hearts on Fire. Very, very appropriate uh, song to be presenting, seeing as the answer for the quiz was fire. Yes, Children of Israel followed a pillar of, a pillar of cloud that took them at one stage to Moab. Mm. Fire grows. It sweeps. Licks up water. It licks up water in the story of Elijah. Um, and it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. There was tongues of fire. We're very familiar with it here in Australia, running through all of the different clues that we've given, trying to remember them all. The meta- metaphorical tongues we were talking yes, about. Yes, metaphorical tongues of fire that came and sat on the uh, heads of the disciples at the day of Pentecost. But right now, uh, oh, and by the way, congratulations from Steve, first time caller through uh, from Gilliston Heights. Yep. Uh, congratulations for winning the prize today. Right now, we've got a free giveaway. The way this works is very simple. You simply need to be the first caller through. We always have one at the end of the show. And Daniel's going to tell us all about it. We have Cosmic Conflict Sharing DVD on the Origin of Evil by Doug Batchelor. And it is described as a Bible-based documentary that will help you understand the deepest mysteries of life, explaining how sin and evil can invade a perfect world made by a loving God. There you go. If you would like a copy of, a free copy of your Cosmic Conflict DVD, Doug Batchelor always has really fantastic material to share. And this is an awesome DVD. I've watched it myself. Very, very well put together. Um, and looking at the great controversy between Christ and Satan, looking at where we are in Earth's history, looking at what's going to happen at the end, presenting the good news of the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as you go through today, spend some time in prayer, but above all, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again.